It is Friday, the 4th of October 2019, and this is episode 362 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode of Digital Outbox. I'm Chris and Ian is here as ever. Hello, Ian. I'm just glad that you're an hour here. It's the 4th of October. I, it's taking a little while. I'm not really with it today. Uh, so we'll just see how this could be quite fun. Strap in for the ride, everyone. Here we go. <laughs> We're going to start with another streaming service has been announced called Peacock. This is NBC Universal's streaming uh, service, which uh, whilst it's only going to be in the US, um, they have got some potentially big uh, items or big uh, headliners for their for their show, including um, Battlestar Galactica, a new remake of that. Um, but it is only US, so we're only really mentioning it because this we've been talking recently about the proliferation, that word. Uh, similar to the word I just said, um, of all the streaming services. Um, And this is just another example of where things are getting diluted. I am a bit worried about the direction of all these streaming services. Um, I'm not sure how you feel. Uh, Me too. There's not enough time. um, There's not enough money. And you'll, you'll want like one... You'll want like one show from each of these. Like, so they're doing a, it's a reboot of the, of Battlestar Galactica, which was, I loved, you know, lots of yep, people really loved, good. and um, but but I'm not going to pay, you know, ten in a month to watch one series, you know, and that's the problem Apple's got. They launch someone's time. I'm not. It's I'm, the problem. I'm, the problem is, it's a problem that everyone's going to have. So it's going to be bad yeah. for consumers in the short term until someone does that whole, you know, rebrand this into you can just pick and choose what you want into one central service. So unfortunately. Um, yeah, things are going to get worse before they're going to get better. Unfortunately, you know, which is which is a shame. <laughs> Just as um, we thought things were going to be good, they're not anymore. Yeah, and and a lot of these are are the big kind of traditional um, TV companies grabbing their content that they've that they've sold off to Netflix or Hulu or whoever Amazon. Yeah, just drag it back in. Yeah. Drag it back in. We'll charge it as well, and we'll we'll do some exclusive stuff. Yeah, and it's a, again, it's a it's, you know people are moving away from the traditional Sky and and cable services that that um in the US and, and the UK, so they need to figure out how they're going to get their money back somehow. So this is how they're doing it: wall it off behind their own service. Anyway, let's uh, keep an eye on that one. Um, say so I'm with I think we're in for a rocky ride there, and Huawei I think is also in for a rocky ride. They've released all their um their latest uh, sort of phone devices. These are pretty. I guess what you might expect from high-end um, pieces of hardware. Um, however, their biggest problem right now is they can't they can't load Google onto their as a, you know the underlying operating system. So my my take on this at the moment, until unless that does get sorted, um, they're pretty irrelevant. Which is a shame because the hardware on it is is they're pretty stunning phones. They're really competitively priced, and um, as you say, the whole trade war and. You know the way they've been, I guess, disadvantaged. Um, I, I mean, you couldn't recommend us to anybody right now. No, you know, I mean, it's... I guess the whole being a little bit concerned about you know um, the company and the software angle of it. Well, right now, because of the actions of America and 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 their concerns around this, 
we've got even less control over the software that's going on them so you know we really will have no idea what's on there at least it was android <laughs> underlying you know what's what's running this this stuff that what running the show um but yeah some great hardware that essentially has been rendered irrelevant right now and it might be I mean, the article hints at it there that that it might be that this is actually okay in china you know that there's enough of a market there they're not as tied into the google services as you know maybe europe and, and western who knows? I, I wouldn't even run it. You know, put it past them to actually app, nail some software. You know, and absolutely, you know, they, they, China are very innovative at the moment. We're just a bit blind to it all. And and who knows? Maybe they'll nail mobile operating system and take us to the next level. Uh, we'll all want the Huawei operating system. I doubt that, but you know, that's just you know, there's potential there. Um, right then, <laughs> we've got a word here that we even looked up before the podcast. <laughs> Xiaomi. Xiaomi. Xiaomi Mi, this is a phone, and we've—I I guess it's included in our notes because this is a, a nearly entirely screen phone. So this is, imagine your traditional phone held in your hand um, with a, a a bar down the left-hand side of the the back of it, which is which contains the the camera, but the rest of the phone is all screen, all around the edges, all around the back, front, uh, everywhere is screen, and it looks pretty pretty futuristic and pretty stunning, I guess. It, it does, and and that's that's the only reason I've included it here. Is the we, we did the Apple announcement what three weeks ago, four weeks ago, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and this the rest of today is all about you know Microsoft and yeah. Facebook and and Amazon with with their millions of devices, and this just I think everybody everybody's chasing you know what's next. Mm. We've been we've been used to the slabs of glass for what you know five six years. They've yeah. not changed that much. Um, just getting more, more, more glass, less, you know, bezel, bezel, and all that kind of stuff. But this was a, um, th- this really looks to be, you know, pushing, pushing the. This is what we can do right now. Um, it's all screen, hundred, all, all the way around the phone, um, and the price of it as well is probably pushing it because it's it's, it's three thousand dollars. So this is marketed as a. Uh, it's not a mass market device. It is. It's almost a a, a a mass. You know, a beta that you can always buy into. So, um, yeah, I guess prototype. It's a glorified prototype, really. Uh, uh, but it, you know, but like I say, it's the, probably the most exciting thing we've seen in a while. And I quite like. Um, there were, there were innovative things like uh, they show a picture of it charging and, and the whole phone is literally shown as a sort of uh, uh, almost a liquid green filling up as it as it gets higher and higher at the charge. And it's just little things like that, which it's all those what Apple used to call, you know, delight and, and you know, magical experience. And that that's what it looked like. So if someone can actually nail it into the mass market with a price tag that actually will sit with people, uh, say it feels it feels special but uh whether it adds anything in reality that's hard hard to know i guess uh, there's, there's been talk, a lot of the kind of apple bloggers talked about recently that apple's lost its whimsy they called it you know that 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 kind of really you know neat little touches or something of you just be like that was that's that just makes it and uh, you know that move away from the skeuomorphic design you know some people like some people hated um and and they've just they've just become very very commercial very cold clinical um and as you say that charging team you saw it, it just looked really nice I, I remember the on the um i want to say it's a power book but it's a macbook it had um but you still have the little power light 
Uh, or sorry, not the power light. It was when it was sleeping, and he just said a little thing. It looked like it was sleeping. It was like a little pulse. The, little the light pulse, used to yeah, pulse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was little things like that. It was that hidden just... behind the aluminium as well, wasn't it? So it yeah. was transparent almost. And well, just it was just just little touches like that that were nice. And and they've over time they've just kind of more and more went away. You know, MagSafe went away. There's a number of things that have just ah. Yeah, uh, and so as far as hardware goes, there's nothing truly uh, special other than the screen, really. And and what they're saying also is that if you do have the screen on all the time, then you are going to nail your battery. So it's not really designed. <laughs> Again, yeah. like like they say, it's a kind of prototype. It's a it's a concept, but it's a concept that people are going to want, and I think people will like it. And it will it would strike conversation if you brought that down the pub. You know, that's that's going to be the one that people want to nick. So. It also has a hundred and eight megapixel camera sensor. Oh, you, know, so, you know, so so they, they really have pushed. It's, it's basically if money's no object, what could we do, mm. and what engineering could we do? We can't mass market this. Uh, sorry, um, mass manufacture this, but we can do a small production run of something that's just utterly I, I desirable, can, uh, utterly bonkers. I completely missed that stat. That's not. That's yeah, nothing. Yeah. There's nothing normal about that. Apologies. No. <laughs> no. It's it's pretty it's pretty out there. You most are still at twelve right now. It's like oh, hundred. If you're, you know, if you are someone who wants to draw attention to yourself or just be holding the next next thing, I think yeah, I can see people spending that money on it. Um, and just being being different, breaking away from the crowd. So yeah. Um, okay, Galaxy Fold is on its way. This is the <laughs> this is the the device that. They initially announced then they were having all sorts of problems with the screens breaking when they were sending out demos. They kind of recalled everything, delayed the launch. Now they are going to launch this device. It is a two grand device. Um, And they are now releasing lots of caveats around how do you treat this device to make it last. And even going as far as saying that users have a one-time screen fix if they don't heed all these warnings and they do break their screen for $149 they will initially replace the screen that is a one-time deal if you do it again it's your own fault so clearly this thing is still extremely fragile yes I I still think there's something about the foldable device and I can't remember what your view on it was I still think there's something that this is very this is where we're going to end up we're going to end up with these kind of folding type devices and again physics and technology is this is this is the best they can do right now um, but it still doesn't feel ready for us as in consumers. You know, it's. No. I saw I saw some YouTubers. So there was one guy who was who was taking all the kind of hardness type, you know, drivers and just seeing, you know, where he could go, and he was showing you like the latest Galaxy, um, and you were up at a kind of really, you know, eight or nine, and it was down at a one or two, you know, it was like, mm-hmm. like, and then and then as he was as he was using his his thumb, his his nail caught it and damaged the screen. Mm. And they're saying things, avoid hard objects like pens and fingernails, which yeah. fingernails are attached to fingers, which you're quite yeah. important on a touchscreen. <laughs> so I can kind of understand, like, you know, I can understand the whole thing around a pen. You know, you mm-hmm. don't want to trap a pen in it and it folds. Or, but then, you know, just you just tapping sometimes, your fingernails just going to catch it. So Jana Stern for, for the Wall Street Journal, she did a whole review and then she says, I guess my fingernails damaged it. I think um, again, this is another prototype which they're releasing as a you know a, a, an actual device. Which, if you, it depends how you market it, doesn't it? Um, it? It feels like they're not marketing it as a prototype. We're seeing quite a few things from Microsoft. We'll come on to talk about them. They're releasing things on on or you know people releasing on limited and invite only production runs and things like that, which maybe is the way around this. To you know, it's not a consumer device. It is still a, a work in progress. But um, 
but I guess I guess if you've got something you want to try and sell, go and see where you can do it. But I, I still, cons- I think we're going to be talking about this in the next uh, podcast or the podcast following, where people are just having all sorts of issues. That's where that's my. Uh, and the I thing is, I mean, this is two thousand dollars, and and the, the, I mean, the, the text that I've copied in experimental luxury tech product, and that's what it is. Mm. You know, it's it's definitely a luxury. It's it's you know, it's got the big plastic screen inside. It's got the screen outside. It's got all the cameras you ever want. It's again, know, it looks like something you might expect that we will be having next year, or the yeah. year after, or even you know, maybe even five years from now. But or it's something certainly something we're expecting to see at some point. But like, normally, a product would be more rounded in its initial release or initial offering. And the, and the reviews I saw still really, really praise the whole how they've modified Android and, mm. you know, when maps and, you know, the browser takes a full dual screen. It's like, this is really nice. The concept yeah. of having a phone size device that then opens up to be more usable when yeah. you need that extra space is, is a great one. It's really good, really good, really compelling. And it, you know, and that's why it caught the imagination when we first saw it. Right. It's good. Good. Um, Amazon is launching, uh, it's calling it's HD music streaming. So um, this is better than or good as CD quality audio via a streaming service, which surprisingly and, and took me by surprise a little bit that the others aren't really doing this. I know that, um, so Spotify did a, you know, if you're on a larger subscription basis, you do get higher quality audio, but it's still not up to that CDO, CD audio quality. Um, so Amazon have decided they're going to, go do this and they're calling it their hd because they reckon people know more about that compared to you know on tv sort of basis and they're even doing ultra hd as they're, they're talking about which goes higher than that that quality um but it's been a really niche market and i guess they're the first to say well let's try it in this you know try it in our arena um takes a big audio file to even care i think um and a good sound system and even then i think it's pretty marginal um and i think Certainly, the the youth of today uh, don't care. Uh, I don't know where you where you land, but I'm not interested in spending more. Uh, no, it, uh, the only person I know that's interested is, is Shaq was signing up for Tidal, mm-hmm. um, and certainly we think when, when he had his he's got really high end headphones, he could hear a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm using AirPods, you know, ninety percent of the time. Can't tell. And loads no, of people just... who are using streaming services are playing it through their phone. You know, the yep. the weakest part of the link is not the bitrate; it's the no. it's the output device. Yeah. And and that's and that's what it comes down to for me. It's like the the music is good enough, and with the headphones that I use for a convenience perspective, they're not good enough to highlight the difference between these services. Um, interesting bit was the price. So so Tidal, Deezer, they're at, they're at twenty quid for their their high end audio, um, and Amazon's coming in at. at, at at 15 or if you're a prime customer which like, the world does anyway so it's 13 um, so a significant chunk less with the same size of library mm-hmm. um so jack signed i think it was a three-month trial mm-hmm. you know doing doing it on and he's he's been really pleased with it i guess ultimately he's... if you know if you've got the equipment and you the equipment to actually handle that extra quality and you really are that you you do want that uh, you know i want to try and experience this as best as i can then it's almost a no-brainer um you know, it's not an arena I live in, and I think it's not an arena many people live in. But if you are in that, then this is this is definitely a no-brainer. I think that's why I've I've been a little bit surprised that like Apple or Spotify haven't done. You know, so Tidal's had it for ages, and Deezer's had it for ages. And I'm I was really, they I haven't. was, I was really surprised they did. You know, yep. I was, I guess they they just don't see the market big enough, no. uh, for them to care. You know, and it's it's probably back to the you know if they turned it on, would you get 
any more than five percent you know paying more maybe not no and and yeah and maybe the costs of streaming that extra quality for the you know the amount they can actually charge extra is just the, the balance is off there because they need to re-encode it all and store it all and it's just just bandwidth costs on a, on a yeah. sort of a lossless file is you know the size difference is ginormous yeah. ginormous uh, but i think we shouldn't also lose sight of the fact that when we listen to audio at lower qualities we are losing something i mean the reason the reason an oh, mp3 it's... file is smaller is because it deletes parts of it and okay it's bits that you don't necessarily hear but it does reduce or removes parts of songs yeah i mean the the, the kind of couple of the audio shops around glasgow in particular they are scathing about you know the streaming services and just what you what you just you just can't hear mm. um compared to listening to a, a record or a cd on good audio equipment it's just i had I said, a very scathing. very interesting i think it was a facebook post by a friend or something like that um and they did the negative on an mp3 file so they took uh, lossless did the mp3 and then they, the difference between the two they did the audio file and there's there's a surprising amount of data in the bit that effectively is lost through that process and okay it's it's at the extremes of the the, the scales um but you'd be surprised how much is in that bit that is that is effectively chopped out so that's interesting yeah. and i think also when we're just about to come on to it when amazon did this and then a the week later there was a fall event mm-hmm. and so everybody was thinking oh there's maybe some high-end audio coming and so here is the start of that fall event. Um, a lot of their stuff they were talking about was around... Well, in fact, they surprised everyone by talking about a heck of a lot of stuff. But it was device after device after device. Um, so every, I think everything pretty much got a, a new version. Uh, they added some new products to the lines. Um, let's start with uh, the... I guess the new Echo Dot they've got is... they Basically, they've now added a clock or to a, to the actual side of this echo dot so this is one that kind of hockey puck sized device uh, and they now know from all their analytics that the most thing that they get asked throughout the day is what time is it so they actually added a clock so you don't even need to talk to it um i thought it looked nice um they've added home mode to a load of things which is uh prevents your device from recording audio or video obviously that's becoming much much more of a concern to people as it gets through the media and and people are questioning where and how things are getting recorded so they've added this home mode to a lot of their devices um and they've also allowed you to delete audio via voice right so that you can actually tell your device now delete all my audio from today uh, and it will comply with that um and it will do so Um, i think i think they had to do that it was too too much, um, too much heat, uh, and and lots of other people obviously, you know, adding these same things, and and I think it's a sensible choice, right? It's it sounds reasonable. Um, in a, some ways, it'd be nice if they just deleted all your questions from, uh, you know, from the after a certain amount of time. But I'm sure that data also adds to the richness of the product they can, you know, design. So if you remove all the data immediately or uh, within a fairly short time scale, it would be you know, that's lost and, and actually the the service might suffer as a result. What else did you see during the uh, event that you like the sound of? Um, so so I'm just going to do it in list order. Because, so Celebrity Voices, um, if if they've got Samuel L. Jackson talking back to me over Alexa, <laughs> I will probably pay for that. Especially, I, I instantly thought back to um, Pulp Fiction 
and the whole say what again (laughs) (laughs) my immediate reaction was that's yoda when we first had it on uh, satnav everyone went mental for satnav voices yeah so and it'd be interesting just to see like what what they have recorded because he's obviously not going to record every possible now from what i understand it's also electronically generated for the bits that haven't been recorded so it is mimicking the celebrity voice in situations where they haven't got a specific recording so i'm that's what i believe i may have misheard that or misinterpreted it but i'm pretty sure that is the case any celebrities you'd like to see apart from yoda (laughs) it's not high on my list of things that i need it's (laughs) maybe low on my list of things that i might find a novelty value in um yes (laughs) Uh, so there was a new there was a new echo uh it just said it just said it is it's got more features that were found in echo plus um, and it's new fabric color. So I guess it's just that year-on-year iteration we're now in with the Echoes. And the Echo started off, uh, the Echo I've got still sounds reasonable. It's it's nothing special. But I imagine it's taken a couple of steps leap forward, especially now they're bringing back some of those plus features into the into the sort of more standard Echo speaker. And, and then what we saw, just tying back to that, that higher bit rate, was the, the Echo Studio. So this um, this is $200. Um it can go into stereo mode as well, so a bit like the home pods, you can have two of them. And yep. then, and, and it also supports Dolby Atmos and 3D audio, so you can start to, you know, have a couple of them and, and that'll drive your TV speakers. Sorry, and for TV me sound. The, for me the, the two hundred dollar mark is the killer there. I mean everything else we've seen has been much more than that. So more like the three fifty to five hundred dollar mark for, for other offerings. Now, I haven't you know, again, I'm, I haven't really dug into the detail of the reviews as to how well these are performing, but Amazon does tend to hit the price points pretty, pretty well, and I'd say that I'd say this one is an attractive proposition. Yeah, I was just checking. So the HomePod's sitting at two eighty, and I know like the Sonos kind of the higher end ones, they're up at about two nine nine, I think. Yeah, so with so they're so, at least fifty to a hundred dollars more um, per offering, and I think that's actually come down in value. So I, sort of down in price since I went since their initial offering, anyway. Um, so yeah, so certainly interesting, uh, and and it ties in, like you say, with the HD service that they're, they're not, touting. We've not had reviews on these yet. So the show the show happened was it last week, week before, and and I, I, it was all coming later, you know, this yeah. month. So I think we'll see a plethora of reviews, you know, through October around all this. Echo Show 8 came out. This is their Echo with the sh- the screen on it of what didn't show YouTube fame when they were having arguments with that. But that's all back up and running. And they're, so they're obviously moving that on. Um, yeah. And, and, and what I thought was a bit odd, this reminds me of Samsung, the way Amazon have done this whole thing. So it's, a, it's an Echo Show 8. And I was sitting there thinking, is this the eighth one? I only thought there was a couple. And it's not, it's done by size. So there's an Echo Show 5, an Echo Show 8, and an Echo Show 10. Uh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yep. And, and it's like 5, 8, and 10 inch. Yep. Um, and it's, it just feels like we don't know which one of these is going to work. Just let the market decide. Yeah, but then you can see different places, different, you know, like a, a desk where you do want to, if you're going to be answering um, doorbells and things like that, which do need the screen, you want something that's larger, but maybe in a you know, in a different situation, you might want to score a smaller screen. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I saw, I saw, I actually saw something saying it, it might be like, it might be on your desk, you might want small, you might want like a five. But in the kitchen, if you're watching, you know, recipes, mm. you want it bigger. Well, I, was, yeah. you know, I was like, fine. Makes sense, but whether whether they'll yep. have enough market for each of them. But then again, they've, they're producing all those tablets anyway, so I don't suppose it's much of a, 
uh, you know, Aye, they've they've got their manufacturing nailed. Mm. You know, they can make things at volume quite cheaply. Um, yeah. the, the the ding they get is they never release. Um, you know how many how many are getting bought, and it's like who cares? Yeah, yeah, that's you know, only people like who us really who cares. fuss yeah. about that. They, you know, they're still making their money, so they're good. You still, yeah. Um, Echo Glow. This is the kids' market, so this is almost like a, 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 a it's just a little lamp, right? But you yeah. can add it's nightlight um, sort of stuff, and you can still talk to it as well. And I think again, it's just dipping their toe in. You know, they've seen how successful Hue and other smart lights are. Mm-hmm. Um, IKEA also. I mean, I, I don't know. We never really covered on here, but the IKEA um, speakers, mm-hmm. a they're cheap. But also, one of them's got like, like a table lamp. Yeah, and it's the speaker built in, and you look at it and go. That is probably a more useful. Yeah. You know, I can see scenarios where somebody would go, "No, oh, I want a light and I want a little smart speaker. I can do both." Yep. Yep. Um, what else? Um, so Eero, and we are probably we probably don't cover Eero too much in here because it was American only. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of these Eero were one of the first kind of we're going to do um, a mesh network. It was ex Apple engineers. And they made the software like mobile only and really easy. Um, and Amazon bought them. Um, so there's an all new Eero coming out, and for the first time also, it's coming to the UK and Europe. Kind of so, Google Google Home Wi-Fi kind of nailed that. So I guess it's this of a similar ilk. And yeah. I, I don't know how popular the Google Wi-Fi sort of is, but I, I, I mean, I have it in my house. It's extremely easy to set up. Exactly the same concept of just all mobile setup it's really easy meshes together if you want more than one to spread the spread the signal so yeah and it's certainly i mean i'm i've I've got some netgear kit and when i look down at it it's just ugly it's one Mm. of the kind of boxes with you know an alien all the aerials sticking out Uh, and at some point you know it won't be the next six months but at some point i'll swap over to one of these you know yeah they look like attractive little blobs or orbs or discs or whatever you know yeah uh yep and the, the other little thing that was interesting was the Echo Flex. So this is the smallest Echo device, um, and basically it's just a plug. Mm. So so you can it's a smart plug, um, but they've built in a microphone. So you can um, so you can talk, literally they are miking up your house. <laughs> yes, and you can add a motion sensor to it, and a nightlight to it. So this 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 again, I just try to kill all the angles yeah. of. We they really do are doing that home, home automation. Stuff. Yeah, yep, yeah, we can do it all. And if you look at what they were buying, so they they bought Ring, they've bought Blink, you know, they've bought Euro, they've got a whole you know house covered, and are listening to every single conversation that you're having. <laughs> yeah, and 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 the Google devices they've obviously got um they've got a fair range of devices now as well around home automation. Um, but I think Amazon, yeah, if you sheer number of devices, they are absolutely getting around, uh, including ovens. So uh, the smart oven has been released. Now they've they released a microwave, I think, before that had the smarts, but this has actually got the possibility for actual cooking as well. Uh, yeah, uh, the microwave they did say was their most popular microwave on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, so, amazing. So uh, now you so, can tell it to go and fry your stuff or cook it. Yeah, uh, and then and then three three things that again just shows you how they're extending. Um, so Echo Buds, so hand-free headphones. Everyone's doing buds now. Uh, they are. Um, what was smart about these one is they've they've um, they've got um, uh, noise cancelling built in, mm-hmm. and it's it's. Bose's or I always call it Bose and I'm never sure. I think it's right. Bose, yeah. Yeah. So they've actually, you know, 
they're not bought Bose, but they've licensed that technology, um, which I think is a smart move because everybody knows that brand and it works. Uh, yeah, and, and I think it is uh, well understood to be a good um, noise cancelling technology. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so these will work um, with any voice assistant. So they'll work with Alexa or Google or Apple. So essentially they are earbuds. Yeah. Yep. Um, $129. Looked a bit odd, but then. Competitive you know, price, though. Yeah, very competitive, especially for noise cancelling. How about some glasses, though? Uh, no. So, the, <laughs> so, so, the, so this is where it got a little bit weird for me. So the echo frames, they said they look like eyeglasses, but they don't have a display or a camera, but they've got a microphone. So again, they want to listen to absolutely everything that you're doing. Um, so you can chat to Alexa without getting out your phone, and there's a little, it, it kind of plays back a little bit of sound in your ear, kind of near your ear, that Conductive, other people yeah. can't really hear, but yeah. you can hear. Yeah. Um, and and the, the, it was it was I guess all these marketing things are really well done. It was all front on kind of photos, but see when you looked at the actual, there were chunky monkeys. See when you somebody took them out, it's like no, they're chunky monkeys. But again, one hundred seventy nine dollars, so not particularly expensive. Invite only though, so the, one of these these products are not for generic use. There, if you you have to be invited to use these latest products. And the final and fifteenth device <laughs> was the Echo Loop. Which, when I saw the name, I was like, what's the Echo Loop? But it's a ring. And, of course, they can't call it a ring because they've got the ring as a camera. So, <laughs> so, so it's called the loop. Echo Loop. <laughs> um, and it's a smart ring that nudges you vibrations. So um, it's a notification device. It, yes. $129 invite-only program. So, tone in the water. We can do other things. Let's see where we go with this. Everyone was really surprised with the sheer number of devices they were announcing. Uh, it really was a full-on uh, thing, and again, it sort of it's, it's bolstered their whole you know offering around this this home automation, and it makes it viable. And if if people are invested in, I think that you know the reason they're getting in early and getting in hard is because once people are invested in that system, then they're not going to be using other ones um, going forward. So yeah, I guess good move as well. Uh, GoPro Hero Black 8. So we had, it wasn't that long ago we had the 7s and that was when we got the stabilisation. Um, and the Hero 8s come out quite quickly afterwards, I'd say. Uh, and it's one year I'm being whispered to in my ear. I was going to interrupt you <laughs> and I thought, how rude. So it, 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 GoPro, it's really, they really are hitting, like end September, start of October is the release window now. Yeah. So GoPro Seven was the same time. GoPro Six was the same time in 2018. So it's um, so it's years. a one year cycle. I, I, it almost feels a bit quick that for me. I don't know. They mm. they seem to get traction with the Seven because of their stabilization features. Yes. Now this time they haven't really bumped all that, but what they have done is they've they've added uh, inbuilt mount to the the camera without having to put a, uh, put it in a case um so that's an interesting angle and they're kind of going for these add-on modules so going for the vlogger market so that you've couldn't had a add-on light so you can you know have a light pointing at you they got a screen that you can add on that shows the framing so you can actually see what you're looking at what the, the camera's pointing at uh, and they got things like a an enhanced um shotgun mic that that you know directs the audio or has has the audio from a, a direction as well so going for that blogging market um we hero have have been struggling a bit their 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 um their reserve cash is going down a little bit and and equally their their shares are dropping away a little bit as they're still got the they've still got the market um but they're offering the analysts shall we say are losing a little bit of confidence that they're going to be growing from now on they they seem like a maturing to 
you know, I guess fading away company. Uh, GoPro feel like um, like the IBM and Dells from twenty thirty years ago, where you you know you you know you can't go wrong buying an IBM or a Dell, mm-hmm. and that's what a GoPro feels like. You know you're probably getting best on the market, but you're probably paying double the price. Yeah, um, and lots of Chinese competitors, you know. So even DJI, you know, who have just nailed their drawings, but they've come out with their first action camera this year, and most reviews just gave it to GoPro, but it was a just. Yeah, um, I think a lot of the sort of the chips and stuff over the years they have become available to other people to use, and yeah, if you, I guess the GoPro started off as that really cheap offering, you that was a really cheap way of having a really high quality camera um, to go and take out with you. They've moved up and up through the market, really, um, but that has yeah marginalised who wants to use it, and and also how regularly they want to buy a new one. And when they're wanting to maximise, I mean, they've got they're, they're still using the same chips inside, and um, they're just you know better software, better you know better use of it, um, which makes me think they're almost doing an Apple here in that let's not change the design too much, keep the price the same, give you a little bit more. We probably could have given that to the GoPro Seven. Mm. That's it, what but, it feels like. It should be yeah. a seven, seven with a with a new software release. Yeah. yeah. Because, um, yeah, I guess there may be more hardware in here, given that they are upping all the bandwidths and the, the, the elements. There may be some, even if they haven't changed the chips, maybe they've changed the, you know, the, the architecture a little bit of it. But it's, it's still one of these things. If you were going to buy an action camera, you could you could easily just, well, go and buy a GoPro and you know it's going to work. Yep. Um, or you could go and do a bit of research and say, well, I can take some compromises, spend half the money and I know I've got a really good one. I still get itchy fingers each time they release a new one. I still like so the idea of them. I really like, you know, they, they, they look good. They, they, from the reviews, they operate well. And with the new stabilization as well, I think it is, it's, it's a clever little beast, I have to say. Yeah, I, I still have an itch that in amongst all my other camera gear, wouldn't it be great just to have a little time-lapse video type thing yeah. when we go when I'm out, out and about? Um, and, and ultimately, I always go 400 quid and then another 100 for the accessories. It's 500 quid. I and that's an expensive for when you do it a couple of times and that's it. And yeah, that, you know, you, yeah. It's and, that's, and that's the bit that puts me off. It's, it'd be really great to you know, see if it was sitting there. It'd be great to just throw it in the bag and, and have it. But it's just, it's just never, it's never made it up the list of here's things I could go and you know buy. I'd like one, yep. but I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> I'd like an iPhone without exploits, but it doesn't look like I'm going to be happy with this one. They have found a new um, boot level exploit on um, iOS devices, and this is in the ROM um, that gets supplied with the device, which means that Apple can't simply patch this with a software update. So. This could be potentially a bad one, uh, and the person who found the exploit has released this into the wild, as in they've made it public. Um, they say because they want allow people to, they want to allow people to jailbreak their phones if they want. Um, yeah, but say so it does, it does leave a little predicament. I'm not sure how we're going to move forward with this for a bit. Uh, the only good thing you need physical access to the phone, mm-hmm. so it's not like an so exploit where visiting a website, yeah. you know, can can exploit your iphone and so it's someone you know, wanting to jailbreak their phone effectively can yeah do that. so you know if you gave it you know if i gave my phone to you you could you know do do, do harm to it yeah. um but it's still it's amazing because the jailbreak community had gone really quiet yeah um and it just shows you that there are still exploits there this is running from iphone 4 onwards so it's yeah. you know obviously it's a one of these it's a, an exploit you know, at a fundamental level that's consistent across their, their hardware for years. Yep. Um, so, yeah, 
Um, and and again, this they've said they've released this because um, you know you'll be safer because I because Apple don't release updates. No, Apple so are- so they're saying. For people with older devices up to 10 years old, which is the where the iPhone 4 kind of comes in, you will be able to update to later versions. Yeah. Um, and and I, can see, I can see the theoretical behind it. I can also see, I mean, Apple are best in the industry at keeping all the devices up to date, but there's only so much they can do without, yeah, of course. Uh, you know. Uh, adding the latest operating system to that old hardware just will not, well, won't fundamentally work because I'm sure it's relying on extra chips and extra circuitry, but um, but it equally, it probably runs like a dog as well. So Siri will soon be able to default to messaging apps that you would like to run, not just go straight to the iMessage. There's quite a lot of regulatory issues, how, like people starting to make remarks about abuse of power and position. So now you'll be able to default it to other things. Yeah, EU are looking into Apple a little bit more, as the same way they've been doing with Google. And there's also been a lot of noise. So Bloomberg had a thing just showing you the advantage that Apple have over um, third-party apps mm. um, and that they've got, um, and, and it still happens, of the, they can make calls you know, software-wise that a developer can't. Yes, they haven't um, got access to the actual APIs, have they? That's it. Exactly. Um, but but the, the biggest ding probably comparing like Android and, and iOS right now is Android, you can say, well, my default, you know, uh, mail app is Outlook. Um, mm-hmm. I still can't change that on, on iOS. Um, and this feels like the, this feels like the first dip in the toe. So at the moment, if I, if I, you know, invoked, you know, Siri and tried to message you, it would die message. Yeah. Um, after this update, come out, I'll use Hangouts. Yeah. So that's how I normally talk to you. Um, and that's yeah, hopefully, <laughs> yeah, that's hopefully, a good, um, a good step forward, and I'm I'm hoping that that if it's successful now, whether they're doing this to try and dampen down all the legal um, inquiries they're getting, or whether this is a dip, you know, I'd like to think it's a dip the toe in, and if it's successful and it works well, then you know next year, year after, let us change. You know, mail is no longer the default. I'm now going to use whatever. It's, I think you'll find it's a combination of both. I think it's. Uh, yeah, probably I'm, I'm a... realizing it's the right direction, but pr- pressured by pressured by these legal. I mean, we've had we've seen Spotify have issues with Apple, and and now you will be able to ask for that to be playing your music rather than the default presider. So, I think it's all being pressured by the legal direction. Certainly, the just the direction of travel, um, but also it probably is the right direction of travel. So let's get it done. Yes, Google is adding a. Sp- password security check to your uh to, to their password manager so they're basically it will check through the list of passwords you've got stored with them um, for sort of entry via their browser and it will check against known um, breach data so databases of, of, of compromised email addresses and they will warn you should your password appear on or your email and password combination appear in that combination this is something that has been available as an extension um previously but they're now baking it into the the core offering um yeah and last pass have done it and one password have done it and that's like oh we'll, yeah, yep. we'll do that now yeah but i think the fact that google are now doing it is like a really good step yeah they're saying that they do they are 
you know, including some dark web sources, but most of this is stuff that is, you know, the the big releases that we we've known about. And there are some massive, massive compromises going on. Um, but it it does seem like most of the time we only find out about compromises when the dark web releases it, and eventually that then goes on to the kind of open web lists that that, that they have. Some scary stats as well. You know, it's two factor authentication, thirty seven percent using it, and password managers only fifteen percent. Mm. Um, sixty-six percent said they use the same password for more than one online account. That's still scarily high. It's gonna have to start charging people two p per plastic bag to do their to get the main you know, that yeah that, yeah, yeah. that two p charge made everyone change their plastic bags, and I think it would change their password. It because as much as anything, it's you know, it's a security risk that other platforms can't manage on behalf of users, um, unless they start enforcing two-factor authentication and we've been thinking about that for a while certainly most services now have it but it's not an enforced thing you do not need to do it um so maybe they should start saying you know you can get charged less your subscription is lower by an x amount if you activate your two-factor authentication maybe that would be the way of doing it so what was interesting was ea this month so as part of national cyber security awareness month um, if you switched on two-factor authentication during October, you get a month's free EA Origin access. Yeah, so there you go. So, so they're trying to incentivize it by, you know, it makes their service more secure. Yep. Stops a lot of bad press, and it, it's it's cost them buttons. Google Assistant is going to be on Xbox One potentially. So Microsoft really is ditching Cortana. So we spoke about this a couple of podcasts ago, I think. Um, but yes, it will be sort of extricated, and yeah, you will be able to use your Google Assistant to control in in similar ways to Cortana. It's not a kind of completely open ended thing, but there will be set commands that you can use. Um, there you go. Uh, yeah, just shows the change, the ever changing Microsoft. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they cut the losses because they must have invested a lot in that Cortana stuff. Um, but they're taking that. It's not really a consumer-facing product anymore. They're going to tuck that away. No, the only time I hear it is you gainfully try to... <laughs> Record clips on something. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it'll actually work now rather than not work. Who knows? And the frustration that that brings <laughs> um, Google Play Pass. This is Google's response to Apple Arcade. Um, one ninety nine per month to start with. And that'll offer you over 350 apps and games um, without advertising in-app purchases and just fully fit functional. Um, Going to go up to um, 4.99 after the first 12 months. Uh, the offer's only available till the 10th of October, so you've only got a few days left to go and sign up for that. But if you'd like Google, um, what's that? Google Play Pass, it's yeah, 1.99. Um, if you if you sign up now, uh, two quite different offerings. Right? Yes. Again, it's just another another big company wanting a subscription service. You know, Xbox do it, PlayStation do it. You mentioned Apple Arcade at a fiver. They're going to go to a fiver. Um, but I think the difference with this is, first of all, the number. So 350 um, premium apps and games, whereas Apple Arcade is up to 100. I think mm-hmm. they're sitting at about 60 right now. Certainly, I've, I've signed up for the free month and surprised at the quality of some of the games, both good and bad. Yeah. Um but some of the names in here are actually really big titles. Stardew Valley, you know, Monument Valley, Knights Old Republic. You know, there are yep. also some lesser known ones in there, but still, you know, real, real big ticket items, but no exclusives. So I think that's the difference with Apple Arcade. They're saying, you know, we're going to have exclusive content on mobile, so you won't see it on, on Android or on Google Play. Um, 
and there's a couple of games that have come out on Switch and Xbox or they've come out on, on um, Switch and PC. Yep. And they've been on arcade and the price on either Steam or Switch has been fifteen ninety nine. Yeah. So that, yeah. so I think that shows the value that they're mm. saying we're gonna have you know, what's getting sold elsewhere for and it's fifteen ninety nine now and I know in Steam it'll be ninety nine P in like two months time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. But um, yeah. but a different way of doing it, but but and including it, applications as well, not just games. Yeah, so there was like um, weather services and some to do because everybody needs a to do app. So yeah. you know it's and again the price, you know it's a real come by me price. I mean that's what twenty five dollars. Yeah, for a year. Yeah, is I mean I'm pretty sure Stardew Valley was up at about a ten dollar. You know, yeah, easily. Yeah, to, certainly yeah. to start with, if it's not still not there now yet. Yeah. Yep, so there you go. So that's uh, another service come and re- released and another um, subscription service that um, maybe hasn't <laughs> nailed on uh, is Mario Kart Tour. This is the Mario Kart on mobile devices and they're saying the game itself seems reasonable but nearly everything is locked away behind loot box- boxes and then there's a whole section of the game, the highest tier of the carts, um, locked away behind a four ninety nine a month subscription service. Which is it's ridiculous, absolutely it, ridiculous. It does feel like yesterday's decision that's just taken a long time to come out. Therefore, it doesn't work in today's world. Uh, no, I mean, so so they brought Mario out in iOS, and they said it. I think they charged ten pound for that, and they've said they were disappointed with sales. So mm. they went down this route of it's free, um, but as you say, lots of loot boxes, lots of you know challenges and coins and gold bars and everything everywhere. You're just like, ugh. Um, but then, if you want to play the fastest, so that so, and if, if you're not used to Mario Kart, which come on, um, <laughs> but there's like there's like 50 CC, and then you get like 100 CC and 150 CC, and then when you've done all those three, it's like lo and behold, it's a 200 CC, yeah. and the 200 CC will not be unlocked unless you pay this money. And it's and that, say when you when 4.99. I mean, even if there was a subscription and it was you know 50 cent for a month, it still feels a bit weird. But 4.99, you can get the whole of apple arcade and you can get you know double the the play play store or whatever you know it's just it seems a figure that surely no one's going to do maybe they will maybe maybe nintendo gonna absolutely rinse it who knows and and it's nintendo i'm sure they They will make you know lots of money but it just feels wrong yeah it feels really wrong Uh, and there does seem to be that move away from loot boxes certainly with all the is it gambling is it not gambling all that kind of new story going on at the moment and then um, yeah, and and even just having subscription services, it, just, it seems weird, weird, weird. Anyway, but yeah, maybe they'll nail it. Uh, and then we've also had uh, this week the Microsoft's um, Surface event. So this is all their kind of Surface announcements, Surface laptops, Surface Pros, all those kind of things. Uh, and again, some really, really good stuff coming out of these these devices. So we had the, the standard updates to their existing laptop devices. Um again i've never used the product extensively to know how good it is i know that it does it's not faultless but it does get a good review um but it, it you know these are incremental steps and offering sort of more and more of this you know that that the good stuff each time they come out uh, yeah i've not used a surface laptop i have used a surface pro mm. wasn't a fan and <laughs> um, mm. um <laughs> Probably mostly due to the fan being on constantly, but that's but they were decent devices and certainly you know desirable to look at. We saw through our company and any you know loads of people were like, "Oh, we're not." We 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 to actively you really don't. Here's the limitations. 
Mm. Um, I think the, the biggest change was, again, moving away from proprietary charging and just saying USB-C. Yeah. And it's like such a sensible thing. It's like so many... I mean, I've got a new mouse, uh, a, new, a new Logitech, and again... USB three, yeah, um, USB C. Sorry, yeah, um, and it's just that that just feels like that's a standard that's here now. Yeah, um, so really positive, really really positive. So yeah, so we've got the the laptop, we got the Surface Pro seven, um, like we got the uh, Surface earbuds, which you'll be able to control Office slides. It's, it's <laughs> fantastic. Yes. <laughs> I'm so, not sure um, what scenario you really want to do this in, but yeah, you can move to the next slide using your Surface earbuds. Now, remember when the AirPods came out and everybody kind of went, they look really strange because they were the, you know, the kind of the, the they stalks, stick down, yeah, the stalks, which yeah. I've I've never been bothered with, apart from a, a couple of guys. I've seen the first time I wore them, I was buying an underground ticket, and the guy went, "Those are those earbuds things that cost like two and a quid, aren't they?" And I was like, yeah, mm. they're good. And I went, yeah, went, you're mad, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, apart from that, it's been... Very common now, though. It's a bit like when, like when iPads first came out, everyone was like, you're going to be embarrassed carrying that around on the the, yeah. the underground. Uh-uh. It's very, very normal. But I must admit, because when, when they first came out, I got it straight away and I'd take a punt on it and I really liked them. But then they had, they had very little of them. So people were wanting to buy them and you couldn't. So yeah, I was conscious that as you walked around, there were mm. people kind of giving you a bit of a... A look, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, so these these look very different because they end up looking like big circles in your ears, mm. which uh, is just, quite a common look now actually for other earbuds as well. Yeah, but it just it's they looked a bit strange. But it gives them a because it, it gives them a, a surface. Mm. You know, you can obviously tap easily and. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can skip songs by tapping on it, and um, you can, I guess, tap to advance a slide in PowerPoint, which is what I've always <laughs> wanted to do as I'm talking to an audience. <laughs> I'm just listening know, to new music, like, talking to my audience. Move to the next slide. Yeah. What a Rock cock. <laughs> <laughs> These aren't cheap either, $250. Nope. So what we've also seen from Microsoft is they want to be, we are the we are the premium, like Apple. We're making the best hardware. You'll pay for that hardware, but you know you're getting really good premium hardware. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay, and then um, Surface Pro X. This is the premium two-in-one tablet. Uh, yeah, so this this to me was was and and again I, I I can't remember if it was the X or the ten because because since Apple brought the iPhone yeah, 10, ten out with the X knows, it just confuses my head. Who knows? But this is this is this is the iPad. Um, yep. So I think a lot of people thought the Surface Pro was the iPad and it, and it never wasn't. The no. Surface Pro was in kind of in between, but this is the iPad. Um, small bezels, runs Windows ten, um, and yeah, it's ARM based as well, and it's got LTE connectivity. Yep. I I looked at it and thought that looks smart as I thought it was really really good device, um, and it'll be interesting to see once the reviews come out because they said the performance is similar to Surface Pro Six. The only problem I think they've got with it is that they then trump that with the <laughs> the well, dual screened Surface Neo, and will uh, that eat yeah. into the sales of the you know the the ten or whatever Surface Pro ten, whatever it whatever it ends up being called. Yeah, because it, I mean the Pro X Pro ten is 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 going to be a this year product. But as you say, the Surface Neo was a it's a next year product. It's a twenty twenty holiday, so it's a year away. Um it's uh two screens with a hinge. 
And this is, so we've talked earlier about how that feels like the future, um, but they have made the decision the screen doesn't go across the hinge. It's a robust hinge in the middle and the, the two screens are either side. So you can hold this thing like a book. You can have this thing like a laptop with a touch keyboard. It will have a physical keyboard that can flip over the top of it and then they can use the rest of the screen that's still uh, visible on the lower side to do their kind of touch bar stuff uh, in in that kind of interactive way. And it caught attention and people, we saw this ages ago with a device that Microsoft put out there that was about the same time as we had Palm OS and things like that. It was exciting times for what people were going to do. And and they really got this tablet idea of these two screens and, and the way they were using it in this demo was, was good. And this feels like that coming to life. This is the, the reality of that product. It was about 10 years ago and I think it was called Courier. Career, sure that's it. Yeah, it yeah, I think you're right. Um, and and to me, it felt because was that not when was that not when Bammer was running around with it as well? So we're going to bring an iPad out when when Jobs had just announced the iPad like three years later, and they never they never brought anything. But the Courier was a demo. Kind of remember they used to do the the CES keynotes. I'm sure Courier turned up then. Yeah, I, I, it was definitely a fully featured demo that they showed of this thing and how it worked. But you could tell from the demo that they hadn't thought through the reality of how do you really do that in a touch environment. They hadn't worked out the nuts and bolts. And I'm, I'm guessing they, they really have now. So there you go. I'm, I'm, I've just put in Microsoft Courier and it's like Neowin from September mm-hmm, yeah. September um, 2009. Amazing, yeah. So yeah, it is almost 10 years ago to the day. Um Yep. But yeah, I, I actually like the concept of this, you know, dual screen um, tablet, um, the 360D hinge, so you can, you know, swivel it right round. Um, it runs Windows 10. It's a special new edition of Windows 10 called Windows 10X, which has been engineered specifically for a multi-screen device. And is full Windows with the added functionality rather than a cut down version that's not going to run all your applications. So it's really like running just normal Windows, but with added ability to shove from screen to screen or have these touch bars, things like that. I even liked there was this that you touched on it the magnetic um, keyboard that you put on and it gave you that touch bar above it which looked a better implementation of a touch bar than what you see in the the Apple MacBook. So I I looked at that and just thought, oh, I want one just just yeah. just to play with. Just I just I want one. Yeah. Um, and then Surface Duo at the end came out. This is a, a foldable phone. Um, yeah. So it's kind of similar concept to having that hinge in the middle, uh, but having two screens, um, the ability to, to work with it. And it's like a, so it is a phone, five, quite a large phone, 5.6 sort of device that, yeah, you can open up and, and off you go. Yeah, so the, I mean, the Neo, the Neo, which is a tablet, is two 9-inch displays. This is two 5.6-inch displays. Um, the difference is it doesn't run Windows, but it runs Android and I've worked with Google to make sure that it's optimized. Again, having the ability to have, you know, use the two screens in that, that, that way. Uh, again, 2020 though. I don't know. Yeah, it's the future. We are the future. But 2020, so another year away for that device as well. But certainly got a bit more of the juices flowing than maybe some of the other Apple announcements we've had recently, you know, just oh, yeah. I think it definitely got a bit more innovation going on there. It's nice. And, and I saw, I mean, I, I really liked the idea of it. I, I saw some people straight away saying, it'll never work because it's got a, you know, it's, it's got a, it's got an actual physical thing in the middle. Um, it's got a hinge and, and, and then other people saying, basically what Microsoft are saying is we make great hinges because <laughs> the rest of it looked, it's just a couple of people pointing out, especially in the duo, really big bezels. Yeah. And um, it just feels like, yeah, you can you can make a great hinge. We've known that since the first Surface Pros came out, and they had a really good hinge on the 
you know, on the um, little flap that, yep. that, that kicked out. Uh, I, I thought that was a bit mean. Um, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's something there's something there around these dual screens that I think is going to be a market, and it's just who's and and also other people saying this is great that Samsung are doing it and Microsoft are doing it, and seeing four years time when Apple's has come out, that'll be the time to buy it. And I'm like, yeah. well, come on. That's... You don't know. I mean, maybe Apple aren't going down. They are. They're definitely. They're definitely got prototypes that we don't know about yet. Yeah. Um, okay. And in what has been a very busy time since we last spoke, they also had some Facebook announcements. So um, they got some portal devices. These these are devices they're trying to inject sort of. Um, I guess it's video conferencing, isn't it? But sort of for the home user. So the, this concept yeah. of you can walk into a room and just say, ah, "I'll call mum," and and it does the video call, tracks you around the living room. Um, and, and you know you can chat to people in other places through their service um, so again trying to sell that whole you know home device um, sort of home I don't know communications device yep this is like a second gen version of it um, but the, all the tech reviewers are saying there's no way they're making money on this um, because the hardware is certainly more expensive than what they're charging um, because like the 8 inch portal mini is <laughs> exactly, and I, I just, I've got to be honest, I, I just don't trust Facebook at all. Yeah, not at the moment. They are, they are, you know, Facebook and Uber are just two this kind of you know, <laughs> whiffiest tech companies. And um, I mean, iOS thirteen now tells you all the kind of all the apps that are using Bluetooth in the background. And it, when Facebook popped up, it's like hey, not anymore. Uh, interestingly, my the yeah the new Android. Um, operating system is also telling you every time someone gets a, G- uh, a location in the background that says this device or this application has just got your location do you want to allow it to do it uh and or do you just want to have have it when it's the app it's actually loaded and up front for you uh so what else did they talk to us about they talked they had an oculus um event and they had the oculus link which is their standalone headset right so this is this is not the one that you traditionally tether to your pc but it has got sort of built-in hardware this is this is taking the standalone Quest. Oh, Quest, sorry, Quest headset, yeah. And plugging it into your PC. So it's now offering you the ability to take this standalone headset and if you'd like to run with some additional power behind it and processing and have higher fidelity, fidelity, <laughs> that word, um, you can do that with this Link device. And that is going to be a USB-C cable, although it also needs power through it. So you're going to need a specific cable to do it. Yeah, yeah, but it looks. I mean, by all, all account, I've still not tried a Quest, but by all accounts, it's um, selling really well. It was reviewed really well, and people said this is, you know, if this is what the Oculus had came out with initially, and it's like, well, that's fine saying that, but the, the the graphics, you know, the graphics that a PC could pump out compared to this were still superior. So. Yeah, and Facebook also generating Second Life. <laughs> so, uh, so have, you, have you Horizon. read or watched Ready Player One? No, I've not watched it. No. So if, if you read the book or you watch it, it's, it's it's all about a virtual environment called Oasis. And this is what looks like what Facebook are trying to build with Horizon, a VR massive multiplayer world. Yeah. So, and very, say very, very similar concept to that Second Life, which was surprisingly popular for something that is almost a bit too far ahead of its time. Um, but yeah, this whole world that you could go and create things and sell things and make, make clothes, make environments that people can travel to. And now they're going to do it in the VR world. Uh, yeah, the, the weirdest bit, I don't know if you saw any screenshots or videos of this, um, no. there was no legs. Everybody walked about with just like a torso and, and like a like body and, and head and there's no legs. I was like, why Why is that? It just Processing. looked really odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that the things are <laughs> getting ironed out, but yeah, Horizon, there you go. Um, yeah, come live in Facebook world. 
rather than live in your own world. Um, but yeah, again, quite in weird ways, I find these things quite compelling just as technology experiments to see where they go. Um, Absolutely, and and some of the some of the Oculus um, demos when they showed you the software running was the was the best bit of it. It wasn't the hardware; it was the potential. So, building a new social layer for Oculus headsets. What's that all about? So this this felt more like this felt more like kind of where remember when Facebook bought Oculus? Everyone was like, oh, bit, at some point they're going to just put Facebook in your head and all and that this kind is of stuff. The so start this of felt, that. <laughs> yeah, this felt more like it. Um, so it was all about connecting, connecting to Facebook but via Oculus. So basically, they're adding Facebook login and then in, injecting all of that Facebooky type stuff into that platform. So if you want a direct post from your Oculus when you're in a session, and whether that's, it felt strange because it feels tied to that kind of Horizon game environment because you thought mm. they're going to tie all these things together. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be invite you to my my new house that I've just built or whatever. Yep, yeah, gonna have a. Uh, yeah, and, and and again a little a little a little dip a little toe dip round um, game streaming as well. So something called destinations broadcast what you're doing inside a game, and people can um, you can share it with friends or also look to play. And, I, I, and it's I, a deep link into their game, and so you can yes. actually join them straight away. Ah, yes. that's never gone wrong on Xbox and places like that, has it? it no, works. but we'll see. We'll see with the new Google service because that was the whole thing about you know you can watch it on YouTube and then just, and then you can just actually play. transition across to it. Yeah. So mm, exciting times. And then finally, another final announcement was Sony um, saying that they were going to chop the price of their PlayStation Now game service. So 50% off, basically, um, was $20. Um, now it's going to be nine ninety nine. And also I didn't got a one GTA 5, so two huge titles. Mm-hmm. Um, GTA 5 still gets lots of play, still gets lots of new content, you know. Really, yeah, massive. Uh, and this is probably all just in, um, I guess, in response to Microsoft announcing their X Cloud test service that they're 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 putting out there, which is their so streaming I, device. Yeah, I, I do wonder if we'll end up with X Cloud just getting bundled in with the Game Pass. Mm. So it's uh, it, it just feels like they're they're wanting to. How can we guarantee we get ten fifteen dollars a month from you? Yeah, yeah. Well, not damaging that initial, you know, when a, a game like Uncharted or God of War or a GTA comes they, out, people buying that originally. I mean, they are really, really hammering the streaming concept, um, given that there's still a lot of scepticism that it can really, really work in a lot of these scenarios. So we'll we'll see. But you must be just a, a month away now. It's, I think it's I'm, in October at some point. Yeah, I'm pretty, maybe November. Stadia release. Because yeah. you bought it. Yeah, I signed up for the whatever they call it, the foundation. Founders, uh, November, founders pack. November 2019 in okay, 14 so, countries. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Also, I could try and get my <laughs> gamer handle in a new environment. Yep. Um, so streaming seems to be the thing they're putting their money behind. So power of the cloud and all that. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of our podcast. Unless you have a pick for us. Um, no, I think next time I'll maybe talk about two Apple services because mm-hmm. I've signed up for Apple Arcade and also Apple News Plus, which just came to the UK. Ah, okay, good. Yeah, let's, so let's, let's chat can... them through next time. Yeah. Well, I'm not on. chatting anymore tonight. <laughs> no, a... we're done. Thank you very much for listening. Um, as ever, if you want to find out more about us, what we are, who we are, all those sort of things, digitaloutbox.com is the website, info at digitaloutbox.com if you want to chat to us via email and Twitter is digitaloutbox. I am also on Twitter as Cheesy UK. Where do we find you, Ian? 
iandick.com, especially as I consolidate my online presences. <laughs> nice. I have been tweaking, so so that's a place to go and find me. Perfect. Thank you very much. We will talk to you again soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. 